Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about freedom, the freedom and the liberty that we have in Christ. You know, we have uh, our American Independence Day coming up. Is it next week? Yeah, next week, week, week after. And I love it. I, honestly, personally, I think Fourth of July is my favorite holiday. Christmas, bah humbug. <laughs> Easter, and worshiping a bunch of pagans. Now, you, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all commercialized, but blowing some stuff up. Let's do that. I just, I just always loved. I just always loved Fourth of July as a kid. You know, so, but, but. Uh, now growing up a little bit and kind of understanding the, the beauty of the foundation of this nation, you know, I, 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 I do not think having the right government is what's going to establish the kingdom in this earth. But it helps for it to not be so dark and twisted when good people are in leadership. Amen? So we should be stepping into our civic duty and caring I get it. I mean, I've, I've dived deep into that conspiracy rabbit hole and see all the corruption and all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, and a lot of that stuff is happening. And, and people, you know, let me just say, if you, if, you, if, you, if you, gosh, I will get to my message at some point. <laughs> but if you lean toward that direction and you, and you get kind of into that stuff, I'm not saying don't do it, but just recognize there's a very simple way to understand that stuff. There is a spiritual devil, an enemy of the people on this planet and the people of God specifically, that is seeking to devour, dehumanize, uh, demoralize, uh, usurp mankind's authority, cause us to live under guilt and shame and deceive us and separate us from God. And, and that enemy's tactics get filtered into all the weird stuff that we see on this planet, like the cultural Marxism that we're seeing with the, the sexual immorality and, and, the, and, the, and the, the seeming effectiveness of their Marxist, culturist, cultural, cultural Marxist agenda and methods that, that it's like they got the greatest marketing campaign going right now, don't they? I mean, it scares you to death watching the effectiveness of how they get their messaging out there. We could, we could learn from the gay community. <laughs> I'm kidding, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, it's like, my goodness, everywhere you look, it's like, you're talking about a very small fraction of the population of our country, so vocal and effective. But don't be scared by that. Just quit watching the news, quit watching the media. If you do watch it, realize the kingdom of God is powerful. Amen. And, and, and if we would, but, you know, it's not a, it's not a fight. It's just the grown-ups being grown-ups, standing up, being a witness, being a light, having the hard conversations, being willing to not back down off the gospel, being able to address certain conversations without being afraid of it. You know, I mean, there are, there are, 
they're our story, you know, our, our children, there are people falling and, and we hate that and we don't want that. But I'm just saying, man, let's not, let's not be afraid of what's happening. Let, let's have hope. Let, let's take the responsibility to stand up and, and uh, be strong in the power of his might. Amen. Amen. And, and just, and miracles happen along the way. And so, um, I kind of just wrapped up, although this could be the tail end of the Witness Within series. We just talked about the, the spirit of the living God on the inside of you bearing witness with your spirit that you are God's child. And I, I don't know if you picked up on that, but I love what Chris said. One of the first things when he was wrestling with faith and seeking to believe and see the manifestation of this miracle, um, it was the first thing he said was, about being a child of God. It was identity. It was he's the son of God. He's, he's inherited something from God. And if you're trying to hear God for anything, that's the first place you go. You put your heart and your mind in the position of a child before your father to be first and foremost reassured that God is your father. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has given life to your physical body. And that spirit has been put into your heart, crying back out to your father, that you are his child, an heir, a joint heir of God. Amen? So anything, and, and I hope that that makes sense, that when you pray and when you're seeking for answers from God or provision from God or direction from God, that you, you do it from the perspective and the vantage point that you are God's child. You're accepted. You are in the family. God is for you. God wants to bless you. God wants you to experience the inheritance that he gave Christ even. But because we have rule over this planet right now, we have to follow him, you know? We have to put that into practice and believe and persuade our hearts and renew our minds to experience the manifestation. And that's the challenging part. That's where the battle is. So, so we talked about all that, and, and I want to go into this, and I've got a ton of scripture, and I think we can squeeze this in. I may, just, I may just run through this, but this idea of living immersed in the Spirit, today I want to center on this idea that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. This is Galatians 5.1, and this is just the first part of Galatians 5.1. I'll read the rest of it here in a minute. But So it's for freedom. Say freedom. God set you free so that you'd be free. Like, that's why he set you free, so you'd be free. Now, we should live well within that freedom, obviously. We should walk in faith, not by sight. We should live holy and righteous and worthy of the salvation that he's given us. I, I, I understand all that. There should be fruit. Free. If you hear, oh, well, I'm just free. I can do whatever I want. That means I can sin all ever I want. Well, you need to grow up. I mean, it's plain and simple. And if you think somebody that preaches that, that's what they're advocating... You still need to grow up. <laughs> I know I'm talking to people online. I'm not talking to you. So, so it's for freedom that he set you free. Let me ask you a question. This is participatory here. What is it going? Oh, yeah. What did Christ set us free from? For all you English majors, I'll rephrase it. From what did Christ set us free I've got jokes today. One more. From whence hath Christ delivered us from? Can you read that? 
I actually made, I actually made those. I was in a weird mood when I made that. Anyway. But, but, but honestly, yeah, so, so again, participatory. What did Christ set us free from? Death. The law, death, the law, the law of sin and death. Disease. Guilt, shame. Depression, fear. Poverty. Hell. Shame. Sickness. Yeah, all that. Here's a list, and this is not an exhaustive list. It's actually surprising when you do a study and you look into it all. You guys named a lot of this, the law. So, so Christ has set us free from these things. And, and so this is the big idea, freedom. God is no longer holding your sins against you. The law has been fulfilled in Christ. We're going to read a couple of these passages. You've been free from the effects of sin, which is death. Now, that does not mean you should continue in sin. What it does mean is that you actually now have access to a power that's greater than sin. Not just to resist sin, but to actually be changed inwardly so that you don't even desire it anymore. That's, that's ultimate freedom. That you look at that crack rock and you're like, mm, not anymore. Joe, I know that those are. Sorry, I'm just full of them today. But You know what I'm saying, right? Like, raise your hand if you've ever truly been set free from something and it's just not even an issue for you anymore. It's so powerful, isn't it? That, that is what's possible in every area. The law, in other words, trying to live up to, in other words, trying to be right with God through your efforts. The law, sin, death, the power of darkness, bondage and slavery, fear and condemnation, Satan's dominion, cultural and religious prejudices, works-based righteousness, guilt, shame, alienation from God, spiritual blindness, suffering and affliction, the curse of the law, the power of the evil one, and the wrath of God. Wow. Did you know that part of the definition of salvation, the Greek word soteria, is delivered from messianic judgment? Delivered from messianic judgment. You will never face a time as a believer where God judges you because of your sin. Because Jesus faced that. That might make people want to sin. Why would you think that? Why would you <laughs> feel enslaved by any of that stuff? Sin, depression, disease, darkness, afraid of the enemy, cultural prejudices. What's that? Daily. Cultural prejudices daily. Well, you do live in Mormon country. So today, specifically, freedom, of, freedom from sin, I want to look at. Freedom from sin. Say, freedom from sin. Say, I don't have to sin if I don't want to. You guys were quiet on that one. Let's, let's get down to brass tacks here. You know, we already, I, I love worshiping together. You know, I love the idea of us singing out and praising the Lord. And, man, it's so unifying and bonding. But I also want to strengthen you in your faith because one of the main things that we are to do as believers is to go out there and be witnesses. I'm not talking about do witnessing, which if you are called to do that, then do that. 
And I would say, evangelists, rise up, please. But I'm talking about just being a witness because of the power of the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you and you're yielding to him. Amen. And in those difficult times, you know how to choose grace rather than sin. So freedom from sin. Um, and I'll say this, the ones that you've done and the ones done to you. So Jesus came to set us free from the power of sin. Not just the ones you want to do and do, but the ones done to you. In other words, you can be free from the victimization, the injustice that has happened to you. So there's two key passages here. One is, we read Galatians 5.1, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. That's what Chris did. Keep, and, and Tamara, you know, the symptoms try. Keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And then Romans 6, 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Now, the law is not bad. The law is perfect. The law is holy. And when you read the law properly, it does its job. It condemns you. And it shows you clearly you do not measure up if you treat it properly. But thankfully... The Lord Jesus fulfilled it on our behalf, not so that you can be free to sin, but so that you can live under the power of grace, not fearful that God's checking the boxes. Mm, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of difficulty. I'm gonna think I'm, you know what? Let's see. Let's give him a flat tire this morning because of... <laughs> let, let, let's, let's, uh, let's take their dog away because they did that. Mm, you shouldn't have said that. No dog for you. I mean, we laugh, but people believe that. Honestly, people go through daily, regular circumstances, something negative happens, and the thought is, what did I do for God to allow this into my life? Jesus came, and he quoted this passage because he was about to fulfill it. This is Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. You probably know this, but this word bind, it's like, it's like dressing a wound so that it will heal. Binding up, a, you know, stitching something up or, or bandaging something up so that it will heal. Binding up the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted? Let him bind it up. Let him bandage it up. To proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Now, there's an interesting nuance on this. A captive is someone that's been taken into captivity or trapped, like, like a victim, right? In other words, the sin that has been done to you. You might be a captive to the sin that has happened to you. If you've ever been demoralized or victimized or something unjust has happened to you, you're a captive. Jesus came to set the captives free. You can be free from what they did to you. Because Jesus came to do that. Amen? I think my next one I want to talk about, forgiveness. But the prisoner is someone that's incarcerated due to their own actions. You know, so we're in prison, basically reaping and sowing. 
So he came to set the captives and the prisoners free. That's powerful, isn't it? And then you pick back up here uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn. And the year of favor is the year of Jubilee where everything is restored to the original state that God gave to Israel. It's very, 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 um, very specific thing with ethnic Israel that in the, every 50th year, all the land would go back to the original tribes that it was first given to when they passed into Canaan and, and uh, Joshua separated all the tribes out and they all got their inheritances. That's what was restored. Um, so anyway, uh, to console the mourners in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for the spirit of despair. Man, what? A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That is something that we need to learn how to flow in. Like, do you know how to put on the spirit, the garment of praise, in place of that spirit of heaviness? We need to shed the mindset that God's making everything happen in your life, that he's controlling every little detail and nuance. That is just not the case. And so it is our responsibility when that heaviness sets in to reach on the inside of us, lambano, lay a hold of that spirit and put it on and live within the power of the spirit upon you just like Jesus. <clears throat> so they will be called oaks of righteousness. Say, I'm an oak of righteousness. Oak of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Will you go to the next one for me? I get lost in here. He may, he may be lost too. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the places long devastated they will renew the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. This is what I want to expect to happen. Restoration, deliverance, uh, you know, rebuilding. Amen? Yeah, the enemy's out there. There's weeds, but there's wheat. Let's be about the wheat. Jesus steps on the scene after being anointed... Um, by God at the baptism under John the Baptist, right after coming out of the desert, Luke 14, 18, uh, Luke 4, 18. This, this is Jesus, basically. And it's interesting, he reframes a little bit. You know, I think if, I think if anybody can... Uh, I get all these things coming to me. So, like what, a lot, so when, when it says, you shall fear the Lord thy God, Jesus says, you shall worship the Lord thy God. What he's doing is he's showing you the heart of what is actually meant and the proper application of a commandment or a law. For Jesus, it's not be afraid of God, it's worship God. That is actually the process of what's called binding and loosing. It's taking Scripture and treating it in such a way that you deliver it in such a way. We have the capacity to bind and loose. Binding and loosing is not about tying up the devil, hog tying the devil and making him submit to Jesus. 
That's not ever the context of binding and loosing. Binding and loosing is properly treating the Word of God unto application. And, and Jesus is a master at it. So I'm not going to show a lot of the nuance, but, but when, you, when you look at the difference between Isaiah's, uh, and it's not that Isaiah was wrong, it's just that Jesus gives you the more clear picture of the heart of God packed into this prophecy. So it's the Spirit of the Lord, and this is Jesus. Imagine he's walking. I mean, if Jesus walked into the room today and he came up here and he stood in front of us, this is exactly what happened. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty or deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight, which is interesting. Uh, recovery of sight, which means to look up to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed or bruised. And that word bruised is to break, break into pieces, shattered, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. A, br a bruising also, you know what a bruise is, you... You bump up against something and you get that old dark, nasty purple bruise. And what's going on there is the, the blood flow can't flow through it, right? The life can't flow through. So the bruise is something that's stuck and it hurts the touch, right? That's what Jesus wants to do. Is you, but we have to put that wound up there to let him dress it. Put that bruise up there to let him put life, breathe life through it again. It's a matter of us collaborating with him. All right? So... Liberty, let me just give you this. It's to release from bondage or imprisonment. Now, remember, we're talking about being free from sin. The ones that have happened to you and the ones that you do. For a believer, sin, the, the, the only reason you sin is because you want to. It's not because it's a natural part of your being anymore. God's changed the kind of creature that you are. He's written his laws on your heart. Your inner man is now like Jesus. I'm dropping some bombs here today, and I know it's difficult sometimes to wrap our minds around these things, but you know, if, if we can believe this about ourselves, then we can actually live this way. It's just the truth of who we are. So to set us, to set us uh, the captives free is release from bondage or imprisonment. I, I just, when I was preparing for this, and I even feel it in this moment, I don't want to rush too, pat, too far past it, but there, there are people that dark sin has happened to you, and he wants to set you free. Will you let him set you free? Will you put it off? Because it's affecting your life. It's affecting your generations. You're fighting a battle in parts of your life that is in your past, but it's affecting your now and your future. because of your captivity to something that happened to you. And you need to let the healing happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom. We trust you. We do whatever it takes on the inside and in your inner man to let it go. We release it. Jesus, you came to set the captives free. There are some that are held captive by injustice and victimization. Holy Spirit, freedom. Freedom. 
Let me just give you a little bit of meat here, a little bit more meat in Romans, because it's, it's important that we put this in, this in our thinking, in this idea. Romans at the end of 7, at the beginning of 8. It's, it's, when you're reading something in, a, in Scripture, and you come to the end of a chapter, and you feel like, you know, just keep reading as if it's a letter, because they weren't originally written that way. Like, like they didn't write their letters and put numbers and chapters. They just wrote a letter. And then it got broken up later. So read it continuously. And then oftentimes the context makes more sense. But in light of being the captives set free, free from sin, the ones that have happened to you and the ones that you do, Paul uh, in Romans, a huge objective with what he's trying to do with Romans is he, he starts with the point that we are all accountable to God. There's all kind of sin that's rampant. We've given ourselves over to it. Um, there is a righteousness that is available apart from the law, but some of you still kind of want to live by the law. If you still got one foot in the law, it's going to be difficult for you because you're going to entertain sin. Who's going to set us free? Thank God we're free in Jesus. That's kind of the process up until this point. So it's almost like a, what he's doing here at the end of chapter 7 is he's presenting this idea in a way that this is what it looks like to struggle if you're still trying to live by the law. So Romans 7, 21, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good, for I joyfully... Will you, will you click through for me? Thank you. Uh, for I joyfully agree with the law of God in the inner person, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin and the law which is in my body parts. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this death? You ever felt that way? But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, and he's, and he's, he's getting further down to the solution. He's not saying this is where we live. So then, on one hand, I myself find that I'm uh, in my mind, I'm serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. And if you entertain sin, that's a struggle. Therefore, say therefore, therefore. framing a new reality, framing the, pers the perspective that we should adopt and put on in our mind. Therefore, because of that, this. There's now no condemnation. Praise God. Say, I'm not condemned. Even if I sin. Now, does that make you want to sin, George? No. Okay, good. Yeah, just checking. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, law, say law, law. of the spirit of life. The law of sin was your master no longer. Now, it's the law of life. Amen. One more time, the law of the spirit of life. Say that, the law of the spirit of life. And you just kind of need to meditate on that. Let God give you revelation and insight and illuminate what that law is. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free. Say free. free. From the law of sin and death. What? Wow. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering 
for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. But I see uh, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Is that the last one? Yeah. And then he goes on down to say, uh, here's how you walk in the Spirit, is that you know that the Spirit is in you. And he, he doesn't talk about this thing about trying to get out of here and get into the Spirit, this Gnostic type of concept. He, he basically says, the way that you know that you're in the Spirit is if the Spirit's in you. So to live by the power of the Spirit and the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus under the power of grace you got to dig in. And just like Jesus, I am anointed. I am set upon by the Holy Spirit. I am going to, you know, in, in the original, in the early church, when the Holy Spirit fell and they were first originally baptized in the Spirit or immersed in the Spirit, many times afterward it says, and filled with the Spirit, Peter, da-da-da-da, and filled with the Spirit, Philip, da-da-da-da. So to be filled with the Spirit is to, experiencing the, is to experience the ongoing empowerment of the Spirit that moved on the inside of you when you got born again. We need to be living filled with the Spirit. But quit asking people, are you filled with the Spirit? And, and with the context of, did you ever receive the Spirit? Man, that just opens up a can of worms because I know there's Scripture and that gets confusing. But to, to, to bring this plane to a landing, uh, these last couple passages... And I know it's a lot, but I just wanted all this in our thinking to come to the conclusion that when you're out there living your life and that stuff rises up because of what has happened to you, you've got a game plan. And the next time you're tempted, you've got a game plan. So Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. And then... All back around here again, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Romans 5, 20 and 21. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace does much more abound. And where sin abounds, again, the things that have happened to you and the things that you do. Where that abounds, grace does much more abound. Now, Unfortunately, most of the body of Christ does not know what grace actually is. We, we conflate grace and mercy. Mercy is God forgiving you when you don't deserve it. And then most people think that that's also what grace is. Grace is not just God forgiving you even though you don't deserve it. Grace is a spiritual power that works on the inside of you. Grace is strength. Grace is transformative instruction to your mind and to your body. Grace is kind of what's in action when you're facing temptation or you're experiencing healing or you need to step into power to minister to someone. You need to be operating in grace. And grace is a divine influence from God that is strengthening you. And it's real and alive and active even right now. I'm just, man, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is real. If we can learn to live under His power, choosing grace, because there's a lot more grace than there is sin. The next time you're tempted, there is more opportunity to choose grace than there is to fall into sin. But you have to lean into it. 
You have to be filled with the Spirit. I don't mean get the Spirit again. I mean reach in and put on that garment of praise. Put on that garment of righteousness. Put on that, no, I'm not going to fall into this symptom. I am healed. I am made whole. Jesus died for me. The blood of Jesus is my justification in this situation. You need grace before you sin. You need mercy after you sin. Hopefully you never need mercy again. I realize that is unrealistic, but it doesn't have to be. So final idea on grace, Titus 2.11. You know, grace is not just mercy. It's the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. So salvation is available for all who will choose it. Uh, grace instructing us to deny ungodliness. Grace is power. Grace is instruction. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I don't, God, I've tried everything. Well, apparently you hadn't tried grace. Carice, the, 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 the life of God, the power with which Jesus, motivated by love, reached his hand to people. You know, you, you could even say it is grace, the power that flowed out of him when the woman with the issue of blood, reached up and touched his garment. What, he, what did he feel go out of him? He said he felt virtue, he felt power. That's, that's the activity, that's the action of grace manifesting. And it will strengthen you if you let it. Instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly. I mean, if we could just do that, live sensibly, what are we thinking? You ever thought that? What What was I thinking? Grace will teach you just to live sensibly with your money, with your relationships, with your job, with your food. It'll teach you to live righteously in a godly manner. Amen? This is just a kind of a summary I wrote. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So when you face that which incarcerates you, or you face that which you are held captive by, intentionally choose grace. Just make the decision right now. Just raise your hand. Make the intention. Make the decision in your mind. I will choose grace. I will lean into the power of the Spirit and put on grace. By putting on the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit in the moment, and then make the decision that's consistent with your righteous nature. This is why you got to know who you are in Christ so that you have an option other than, well, I'm just a drug addict. This is what I do. Well, I'm just a pervert. This is what I do. Well, I'm just bad with money, so this is what I do. Well, this is the way my mama did it, so this is just what we do. Well, this is what everybody else does, so this is just what I do. That is mind renewal. That is putting on an identity. But you could also say, well, I'm just the righteousness of God, and Jesus doesn't behave this way, so I need some grace to live a different way. And if Jesus were facing this situation, what's the decision that he would make? That's the decision I'm going to make. And it is amazing how it happens when you intend in your mind and in your heart to apply it, when you lean into it, the power's there. Where sin abounds, grace 
much more abounds. But I'm still back on this thing of not just you, the sins that you do, but the things that have happened to you. Yeah, forgiveness. And we will continue on into forgiveness after talking about freedom next week. Amen? Amen. Do, you, do you feel encouraged? Yes. You, know, I, I, you know, I mean, you, don't, you may not feel anything. You may be sitting there going, I feel kind of hungry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but we're walking out of here with the intention. Walking out of here with the intention. When you're tempted, put on the Spirit and lean into grace. Amen? Amen. Do you see a practical way that you can do that? In fact, as you stand up with me, just think about that. Think about that area. And I, and I would say, you know, make this a bit of a meditative exercise for yourself this week. Go and identify some area and practice it. You know, praise God. The righteous man falls seven times and gets up. Praise God. God is not holding your sin against you because you're going to make some mistakes. Amen? However, grace is available. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Let's choose grace. Let's put grace on. Amen? If you are in this room today or watching online and you're not sure that you are a child of God, it's pretty easy. You just confess that Jesus is Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead. Do you believe that? Amen. I, I, this, this just kind of came, and, and I, I'm trying to think of a way we might work this in to the end of our services because I want to see some people saved. I know we're seeing people watch, uh, online come to the knowledge of God. And, um, you know, if you're in this place, the, the way that we do it, we, we're not asking you to, to come up here. We may do that sometimes. But if this is a decision that you made for the first time today, we want you to come. We have some prayer. In fact, if our prayer team will come forward, if you're making this decision today, come up and let us know. We have some resources to give to you. But just a simple statement. I believe God sent Jesus to... Let's all read it together. I believe God sent Jesus to save me. Jesus became my sin on the cross so I can be righteous through him. He was judged and punished for my sin. He died in my place. He was resurrected from the dead. He ascended to God. Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I am now forgiven and made holy. I receive your spirit to be a witness. I yield to the full power of your spirit now that lives in me. Amen. Now, don't you wish you'd have known that when you got saved? That you are actually righteous, that you've been made holy by the blood of Christ? And you didn't get that yoke of bondage strapped on you to try to make God happy by your efforts? Because you can't do that. And this is what we want to do. We're just changing the way that people see God. So we see healing, manifestation, salvation. And you go out there and be a witness. Amen? I, I'm just I'm looking at Elizabeth there, who's just the epitome of grace. And watch how she represented God to her family and gave her father the gospel at least a dozen times toward the end of his life. You know, it's just power to be a witness in difficult, dark, confusing times. The power to stand for your healing, the power to be the parent and, and to move in power. 
because the world out there is lost and confused, and we have the answer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.